Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, I interview amazing, badass women real estate investors. And I am super excited for today's guest, who's certainly no exception. Her name is Stephanie Walter, and she's the CEO of Airbay Wealth, a capital raiser. And I just asked before we hit record, like, what does Airbay mean? It means legacy in German. And, and so she's all about building legacy. She's a capital raiser, syndicator, and real estate investor. She recently retired and sold her insurance agency of 16 years by following the key principles she teaches professionals to use. She teaches professional people to unlearn what most of them have been wired to think about money. And she's all about re-educating people on attaining lasting wealth. It's definitely a woman with my heart because I'm a big fan of this too. She's a gateway between professionals and well-vetted deals. She lives in Colorado with her husband and son, and I'm super excited to welcome her to the show. Welcome, Stephanie. How are you? Well, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. It is my pleasure. Thanks for being here. So I like on the show to just start at the beginning. How did you get started in real estate investing? Let's see, I was working like a W-2 job and then decided about 16 years ago, actually, to quit because I was tired of a lot of things, but basically I was tired of getting the 2% raise every year. And I talked to my father who was alive at the time and just kind of was like, what should I do? And he was like, well, you could stay And you know what the next 30 years are going to look like, or you can go out on your own and make it happen for yourself and you need to make the choice and act on it. And so I quit. I started my insurance agency at that time. And then, yeah, around that same time, I always loved real estate. I just didn't have a great education with real estate. So I did a lot of investing in single family homes where I thought there were areas of Colorado that were really growing and coming around essentially. And so I bought little single family homes, a duplex, a small commercial property and continued. That was my idea was to keep these until I'd retired ready after 30 years and retire off the rent that these provided. And one of my friends had known I was interested in real estate and had invited me to a boot camp and went to the boot camp. It was about investing in apartments. And I was really blown away at that boot camp. They explained what a syndication was, which just is basically a group of people buying a piece of real estate that no one could do on their own. And I was like, I was sold hook, line, and sinker. I just thought it was a fantastic idea. I kind of went full force at that time. That was 2016. And you can't really wing it in the syndication world. So you got to really drill down and get a good education, which is what I did for the next two years. And then I closed on my first syndication in 2018 and decided after that, that I never wanted to do it ever again by myself, ever. (laughs) And I met my partner through kind of our networking and groups and what we were involved with. And 
he's excellent at finding a deal. And he wondered if I would be interested in raising money. And that was our first deal together. And we've done eight deals since and haven't really looked back. And in fact, like you said, in your introduction, I was able to sell my agency this year in July because my passive income has replaced my business income. And I could be retired, but I wouldn't know what to do with myself. So (laughs) this is what I love to do. And that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Hey, goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. Tell me about the first deal you did because you said... Did you do that without any partners? How did you? The first one I did without any partners because I did have a pretty good net worth because I had invested in a lot of single families. I guess I was just always raised do it yourself. I didn't really understand that this truly is a team sport, this Mm -hmm. type of investing. And it was in Fort Collins, Colorado. It was a bit of a specific type of investment and it was a fraternity, which a lot of people are like, you are crazy girl, but no, it's been a great investment. And in fact, I just got off the phone a few minutes ago. No lie. We have had it on the market and we were negotiating back and forth with the buyer and we came to terms to go under contract to sell it because we've had it for three years and essentially have doubled my investor's money, but it was a lot of work. As you know, there's just so many angles of going into a syndication. You have to do the finance, you have to figure out the financing piece, all the due diligence, which is an enormous amount. But the biggest thing for me always was raising money and Everybody and probably you felt the same way that you really wanted to get that first deal done, get that deal done. But then when you get the deal done and you have investors in it, then you're like, oh my gosh, now what's next? Now I have to to run this deal. Yeah. yeah, And you were like, this deal had better perform or that's the last time these investors are going to work with me. So there's an enormous amount of pressure on that particular deal. And thankfully, everything went really well with it, but I am selling it because I want to work with groups of people where I know like my partner is the best operator I know. And I'm very good at capital raising. You kind of have to know your lane in this business and, and know it and be good at it. (laughs) Absolutely. That's the lane I chose too. the capital raising side. And I'm just so fascinated. And when I'm like, rewind, it's like, you got me a fraternity. So I'm assuming it's the type of student housing that you bought. Well, what what are the stats on this particular property? Was it a multi-family that was just being used as a fraternity? Was it a big house that just yep. had a lot of room? So what is the what it exactly was, was the It's investment? actually pretty interesting. And again, just a lot of things fell into place for me. And I've since learned a lot more about fraternities after owning one, but it's essential that you know the culture and the climate of where you're investing 
in a fraternity house, CSU up in Fort Collins, the fraternities basically have to be very accountable to the university. There can be no official parties at these locations. They're not supposed to be alcohol. There probably is, but (laughs) (laughs) essentially this is a house that actually it was built in, I think in early twenties, it's a gorgeous house. Initially, it was a rancher's home up in Fort Collins. And then in the 40s, they donated it to the university. And the university at that time made it into a fraternity house. And so it had been a fraternity house from the 40s until I think the 80s or early 90s. And someone had been living there just as a regular house. And then it was reconverted back into fraternity housing by the prior owners. And then I bought it from them. That is so fascinating. So yeah, I think that answered it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're the first person I ever knew is bought with those fraternity (laughs) house. That's fascinating. Okay. And since, what have you been working on? Yeah. I mean, We do kind of a little bit of everything. Our first deal with my partner was a retail center, actually prior to COVID. And it's in Florida. That's where he lives. And that's where everything except one of our properties is located in Waco, Texas, but all the other ones are located in Florida. So if the numbers make sense, we look at it, but largely it's value add. That's the space we want to be in. But As you know, in this time right now, it's kind of hard to find really good investments that make sense for the investors to get involved with. So we have done a development this year, really interesting development of 24 luxury homes in Davie, Florida. They're like $4 million homes. What's really cool about them is they're completely green. So there's like completely off-grid, basically homes. And that was really fun, but different. But yeah, everything else for us now has been value add. That's what we look for. Multifamily apartment value add. Hey, goddess, are you self-managing your properties? I want to tell you about Rent Ready. It's a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone, collect rent online and get paid, find the perfect tenant with their screening and listing services, and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using their cards, ACH, or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance, and even build their credit score. What's awesome is that RentReady is unlimited and flat price. No tricks or hidden fees. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to our Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast listeners. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only $54 at rentready.com when you use our special code GODDESS. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code G-O-D-D-E-S-S. Go to rentready.com to get Rent Ready's annual plan for the special goddess price of only $54 flat fee. And thanks to Rent Ready for being our awesome sponsor. Switching gears, I want to ask you my favorite question because I think we learn so much more when things don't go right than when they do. So what would you say was your biggest mistake and what have you learned from it? I think the biggest mistake for me, everything did work out well with this fraternity house, but had I rewind and go back, I'm not certain that I would have gone through that all by myself. 
and just was intent on getting that thing over the finish line, no matter if I was alive or dead or that's a big mistake. Another mistake is, and I don't know if it's so much a mistake, but just like raising money and knowing what works and what doesn't work. So there's been an enormous trial and error within probably the last year. I've come across a couple really good books and I'm like, uh, I wish I would have had this book when I started raising money, but what yeah, book? just a lot of like mistakes. Those are the ones that come to mind anyways. What are the books that you found? That I just recently read an interesting one. It's called Syndicate. Actually, I have it written here. I'm trying to think of who wrote it. Syndicate is the name of it. And the writer of it is Dr. Adam Gower. And then also Hunter Thompson, who wrote, I think that one is Capital Raising. Think that's the title of them. And they're both fantastic books because I kind of came from the mindset of when I learned to do syndications, as people were like, if you find the deal, the money will come. And actually, there hasn't been anything further from the truth than that. <laughs> <laughs> so these the are, money is there, but you have yeah. to know how to access it. Exactly. <laughs> to convince people to part with their funds but invest with you yeah so feel comfortable like investing in that opportunity with you so Mm -hmm. uh yeah it is a skill set that must be learned yeah (laughs) yeah I did a this like sales training and I remember before our first multifamily deals was 2016 and I had to raise 2.5 for that deal and I hadn't raised it well I raised a little bit for something before but it was like terrifying. Yeah. And just what I had learned about really making it about the other person and like, how do you approach it? And how can you have those conversations and get to a win-win and that people feel comfortable investing with writing checks, minimum $50,000, like writing these large checks. Yeah. And when I had that shift, I remember I was there's a weekend conference. I went home and I was just walking my dog and one of my neighbors said, Hey, I think you're in real estate. Right. I said, Oh yeah, I just heard. And then we, I was like, go come walk. She's like, yeah, I want to ask you a question. I was like, walk with me. And we walked around the block with my dog. And by the time we were around the block, she was going to invest $140,000. Awesome. This is crazy. But yeah, it wasn't about me. That was the only thing I learned. Yeah. Not about me. It's about them. And how can I solve that problem or help them meet their desires? What's been your main takeaway around capital raising? Oh, man, I have so many. But I think, like I said, I've been reading this book and one just like what you'd mentioned, mindset change. And basically people that have money and granted, I look at myself now as someone who just wants to get the information out to more average-ish people, not the wealthiest, wealthiest, wealthiest people. But I think that investing, I want to let people know how they can get into this type of investing, which is very different than anything they've ever heard of. It's very different than the 401k or owning your 
landlord's policy or anything like that. But I think the coolest thing has been, I thought, same as you, except my first raise was smaller than yours or my second one was I think 1.5 million. And I was like, how in the world am I going to get up that hill? Like, (laughs) I don't know if it's ever going to happen. And the mindset of looking at what you're doing actually is something that people want and you are helping them and definitely changing their lifestyle. But the coolest thing so far is I had someone who came to me by a referral and I met him at a Starbucks and he said, who do I make the check out to? And he wrote me a check for a half a million dollars. And so that was the coolest thing that's happened so far. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty neat. Yeah. (laughs) So sometimes I ask before, it's like, do you have questions you want me to ask you? And one of the questions you wanted me to ask that were put there, and I thought, this is an intriguing question. I want to know the answer to this and what you have to say. And I think the audience will too. But the question was on reasons to not put your money in a 401k. Mm-hmm. So what are the reasons to not put your money in a 401k? Um, well, I mean, and this is quite a controversial thing that I say, because I get called on it a lot. But what I'm really saying is the very wealthy people I work with, I'll look at their financial statements and very few of them have 401ks. If they do, they're probably maybe 10% of their assets. The other 90% of their assets are invested in syndications In they're invested in cash flow that is generated for them. So it goes back to a book that I read that is really good. It's called Killing Sacred Cows. It has a very startling title, but it's a great book about mindset. And truly to become wealthy, you have to change your mindset. We're all taught that we're supposed to accumulate our money. So the 401k, that's one way of accumulating your money. The way I was accumulating my money was I was buying single family rentals and just sitting on all the equity and, and cash flowing very, very little on these properties. Um, and a wealthy person wants their money working for them and giving them cash flow. And that really needs to be a mindset change, which I would call that utilization. So the wealthy people are looking at using their money, that their money is actually a tool for them. Like when it goes into a 401k or anything like that, and it just sits and it's over there and there's fees that you're paying. There's so many things that are out of your control. It's not liquid. It doesn't pay any cash flow. The biggest thing is the tax rates are lower now than they've ever been in the history of the country. And so you know darn well that in 30 years, when you go to get it, that money is going to have a tax. They're going to be taxed. We don't know how much. That would also be pretty unacceptable to a wealthy person. So those are the big reasons of, and I'm not saying if you have a 401k, just ditch it. I'm just saying you need to be aware that maybe that's where you keep some of your assets, but Let's get some of your assets into investments that are giving you cash flow, that are giving you really great returns, and are giving you fantastic tax benefits. Because uh, once you start doing that, and I've seen that, I'm sure you have too, is once people get into an investment and they see that it's 
going well and they get all these great things that they weren't anticipating the next time they're in and they're in for probably double what they were in for the first time. So, yeah. yeah. All right. I don't disagree with you. It's not necessarily, I wouldn't say people shouldn't have a 401k at all, but that's your only strategy for retirement, limiting yourself a lot. But those of you listening to this, you know, <laughs> you're obviously interested in real estate, so you know what's what. I asked about the biggest mistakes. So I want to ask the flip side. What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of my family. I was able to have my child pretty late in life. Um, so I was like 42 and then, um, I feel like I was a bit of a late bloomer. And then I learned about syndications when I was 45 and changed the whole way I was strategizing my retirement and everything and managed to retire in five years, as opposed to working for another 20, 25 years. So those are things I'm proud of. (laughs) Should be proud. And to what do you attribute your success? Oh, definitely mindset. I'm a big mindset person. I'm an optimist, but I have heard a quote and now I don't entirely, I just remember the concept, which is you have some of this in you and I have entrepreneurship in me. My father was an entrepreneur. He did several businesses, but his father, my grandfather came straight over from Germany with nothing and became an entrepreneur too. So I think just seeing people go out and build businesses rather than working for a W-2 job, I think being able to see that made me see that something different was possible for me. So I think it does help to have that in your line. My parents were W-2s, but my grandmother actually from Haiti, but she owned a chain of department stores and her father was an entrepreneur, quite successful in the country. And it it seems like it is in your bones. But for those of you listening, it's like, but I don't have that family. (laughs) You're feeling the the wire, the pull towards it, then you can be the beginning of that line for your That's right. (laughs) And what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? I think get educated, find a really good group. Actually, I think my number one piece of advice is find a mentor. Find someone who is doing it the way you want to do it and actually has success. Because I think in this field, sometimes people can puff some smoke up your skirt and (laughs) not be who they are. So if you legitimately find someone that's doing what you want to do, every person I've ever been around in this field is so happy to help and so happy to not do it for you but tell you how they did it and give you advice and really kind of mentor you through it. I got insanely lucky in this business. I had a lot of good mentors. My first one was a woman. Um, And uh, she actually, in the course of her career, I believe she's raised over $300 million. And when I got to know her better, I was like, I want to be you. (laughs) So tell me how to do that. What do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? That this is a team sport for sure. Not that not to go it alone and kind of 
just try to figure out what you like and what you're good at and then get good at that rather than try to do everything yourself. (laughs) All right. So before we get to our famed end of show Trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude and a desire, how can people connect with you and find out more about what you do? The best place is to my website, which is www.airbeewealth.com. And there's a great deal of content. We just put up an investment report, the five reasons that passive investing might be for you. But you can kind of look around. There's good articles and a video podcast, lots of interesting stuff. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So now it's time for our Trinity. What is one thing you're celebrating right now? What is your brag? My brag this year is I am celebrating that we just closed a property two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm bragging about that one because it's awesome to close a deal. We closed probably two or three a year. And so this was our second one for the year. And It takes a lot of work to get it across the finish line. And I'm proud of that. (laughs) Well, Brad, and what is one thing you're grateful for? I am grateful again for my family. I think that definitely I'm grateful for my health right now and just manage to keep a positive attitude during, during, I think these times have been a little bit challenging. So, yeah. All right. Beautiful. And last but not least, what is one thing you desire? I desire, I kind of struggle with this one because I've gotten to the point now could be retired, but I think just trying to be able to decide what my life looks like on a daily or weekly basis as I don't have a business where I have to be working 12 or 14 hours a day. So I think it's balance truly. Yeah. That's what I desire. <laughs> desire the balance. Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So y'all, Stephanie, thank you so much. That was amazing. Y'all can connect with Stephanie Walter at airbaywealth.com. So E-R-B-E-W-E-A-L-T-H.com and connect with me at ariagoddesses.com. Come on and find out about our education, mentorship programs, our events, our investor club, where you can get into our passive investing opportunities. So definitely connect with me there. And don't forget to subscribe and like this podcast so that you will never miss another amazing real estate investor goddesses podcast interview. So thanks and bye-bye.